Welcome to Green Focus, a new podcast that aims to discover and showcase transformative Israeli green technology in order to understand it better and help leverage this technology to make a positive impact on our planet. Each episode will take a fresh look at the innovation and business impact happening in the green tech sector with guests including VCs, founders, technologists, and climate activists. In these conversations, we aim to discuss the pathways for leveraging cutting-edge innovation to attract investment and do business globally. And now, introducing the host of Green Focus and CEO of Focus IP, Yaron Damelin. Welcome to another episode of the Green Focus podcast, hosted by me, Yaron Damelin. I'm CEO of Focus IP, an IP management consultancy based in Israel. And we're focused on servicing transformational green technology ventures to try and make the best impact that they can. So today's guest is Dr. Ofer Alon. Uh, Ofer is a great guy. We've met several times. Uh, we've had a lot of conversation. Uh, he's an insp- experienced entrepreneur. Uh, he runs many R&D projects in water solutions and energy solutions strategic advisor, executive CEO, senior lecturer, and a writer. So, you know, in background, offer you, as far as I understand, or a mechanical engineer, you've got an MBA, and you've also got a doctor, a doctorate in philosophy. So, yes. Yes. is that correct? Yes, okay, yes. Cool. Don't, don't, don't raise the ladder. Don't <laughs> we start high, then we go down, but we always end on a, on a high, okay? Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Ofer, you have been doing work uh, on major strategic projects, for majoring in energy and water and green building, uh, specializing in setting up energy efficiency projects and production of electrical engineer using PV and uh, water and heat absorption and system integrations, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot to talk about, and I'm not gonna spend the whole session talking about what you've done, but I would actually wanna start the session by kind of asking you, because you see, you wear multiple hats, okay? You're running a scalers ecosystem platform and you're a CEO of ATFL Technologies and you're also president of Seagon Global and you've got a lot of stuff in the past. So tell me, what are you currently focused on and how do you manage your time across so many ventures and organizations? Okay, the philosophy become first now, I just take as it come and focus on what I need. So wherever we have a computer, we also have it in the mind and in the in the head. So I put aside what I don't use now and what I don't need to do for the next moment. So I handle the main the main secret is to handle a specific project, each project, and and do it up to the end and and finish it. Not starting something and leave a small part particles. And this is my life. Uh, a uh, story in a bit. Uh, I started, uh, if I may say, uh, I'm a third gener- generation in the air conditioning and uh, refrigeration and electrical. I actually started as a Air Force uh, electric- electrician and uh, I raised up myself and uh, start using a lot of R&D. And when I uh, become in love with the R&D and the starting position of things, I realized that I have to use my time wisely. And uh, this is my answer for you. 
I always deal with the with a certain project and finish it or, or put it aside or, or leave the steps so I won't forget where I am and why I did it. So nothing is wasted. I so I'm, I'm understanding from you that your answer to how to best multitask is to single task. Yes, it's a single task and, and, and you know, uh, I'm a lefty, so uh, I don't know, it's something in the mind. <laughs> you, have to, you have to be something uh, with, with multiple thinkers in order to do multiple things. So you, you must manage your time or you actually go to the big C and uh, start going down. So I'm trying not to do that. Okay, so with that for a starting point, so what is your focus at the moment in terms of your major projects or kind of a, you know, a mission focus at the moment? Yeah, actually I'm doing three uh, projects and I'm uh, very interested now in the indoor air quality. I, I developed a, a very, very simple system that actually uh, we have a problem with the HVAC. The way the HVAC in the buildings are operated, we are actually uh, uh, keep the viruses airborne. We are, we are recirculating them all the time. So I decide when the corona attacked us about two and a half years ago, I decide to take uh, one of my project and uh, put it as a prototype. And uh, this is one thing that I uh, really uh, uh, like to finish. I'm looking now for a, a strategic partner or somebody to, to move this big, uh, interesting project. The second one, I do a, a energy bank. Energy bank, uh, I received a few uh, grants on uh, this project. Uh, when I had a startup, we received 98 grant from the government for uh, installing a, a certain type of, a, of a improvement to the retrofit arena to the HVAC. And the, I decide that I'm taking it uh, one step up and I, I develop a control box. It actually uh, decrease the amount of the uh, working time of chillers. That's the main one. And I'm doing our project uh, in uh, Metzada. Museum Mitzada in Israel. It's a very long way, but it's a very interesting project and I love it. And uh, the third one uh, I'm uh, doing with the water. I believe that uh, we have a problem, a major problem in, uh, it's actually almost a crisis in certain uh, countries. And we can see that, that uh, actually we have uh, less and less water or too much water in other areas. So I, uh, water, rain or whatever. So I decided to develop a, a very small uh, system that uh, create water from dew. Mechanical system that actually create the, the situation that needs to bring the dew down to earth. Okay, and the dew is like a train. When you have uh, the good uh, situation or when you have the uh, ambient that they actually hold and uh, hug the dew point, so uh, everything is working uh, fine. Therefore, we get every night we get some kind of dew 
on, uh, on uh, any kind of uh, uh, vegetable or, or, or trees or whatever that build actually with big uh, uh, face up to the sky. So I develop a mechanical system that I believe that everyone can install it and uh, enjoy water. Of course, uh, as long as we have a high humidity, it's better to us to, to have this system. So this is the three major thing. And the fourth one is the uh, transportation. Uh, I believe that uh, we have to change our uh, thinking, our, the humanity have to change our thinking. We are using too much of what we don't have too much. Okay, and the, I think one of the major thing, it's the third one that actually uh, having a problem in, in, the, in the world as far as uh, losing energy is cars. So I believe that we have to open a social uh, uh, plant. Uh, uh, we, we will become partners with each other by having our vehicles as a, as a, a energy, a not only consumer, energy producer, okay? And when we share what we produce, we actually leave a, what we need to the car and we take out what we don't need and we get paid for that. So we can actually enjoy one from making money and two from helping others to, to have what they don't have as far as energy. Energy from car actually is the waste is the three the number three uh, in the world that we are wasting uh, unfortunately. Wasting what, energy. what an introduction. Okay, I have all these questions lined up for you, and you kind of like started with everything in one shot. So I know we've spoken about some of your projects in the past, and uh, and it's great that I've got an update now from you. Um, but I'm going to start off with then another just one question on the water situation, because we already discussed, started discussing that. Um, you know, I've spoken a lot in the past and uh, gone into this issue before of how Israel's kind of managed to attain water independence and water management leadership. Now, we don't want to overemphasize it and we don't want to get lazy and think, well done, too much, right? But we've mm -hmm. achieved certain things in that sector. And no doubt you've been around and you've done a lot of projects in that sector and contributed significantly to this position. Now, my question is, um, what critical skills or abilities do you think we in Israel have that we could take to the world to help them solve their water crises, which we're seeing more and more of? Ooh. Uh, okay, first we are using uh, or reusing uh, wastewater, which is actually a very interesting, uh, it, it's a very interesting subject because to make uh, pure water, you need a lot of energy, okay? And when you need a lot of energy, you actually take also the minerals and you have to add minerals to the water that you actually, let's say, take from the sea and recover them, if, if, if I may say recover, or you take water from a, a, a sewage and, and you make them for drinking. So you need a lot of energy. What I think we have in Israel, the common thing is we have the knowledge to take what we can with what we have, okay? What we can is 
actually taking them with a perspective to what we have as we can redo it. In other words, I think our main uh, uh, thing, our main uh, things that we are we having the innovating mind that they say the Israeli have an innovating and they do this and they do R and D and everything. We just have to uh, to to use as we can what we have and we don't have a lot. So when you don't have a lot and you grow up with, I don't have that and I don't have that and I don't have gold in the country and I don't have a guest. Now we have, but, but you you do, you, you become a, a mini MacGyver in a way. So we are that, this is our secret, I think. And there is people who are more into that and uh, somehow in, in not. So it, it's only a matter of, we are a small number compared to the other countries and we do lots of things compared to them sometimes. So if you take it in perspective, we do a lot. Okay, so I think what I'm learning out from that point, uh, it's a critical point obviously with water management and beyond is that, you know, we're living in a global world. We're seeing that we've known we're living in a global world, but now we're feeling the global impact very strongly. That's, the fact is that our, our neighbors are not treating the environment very well, we're feeling it, right? So the global nature of our, of our world means we have to share and we have to share better. So when we, for example, have got experience of having a desert region that we need to find new water sources for, so we go to wastewater, for example, which we're producing regularly, um, those are things which we need to kind of take to the attention of those countries who, who need that extra water source. So too, there are things that are they're, they're definitely um, models that may be applicable in Europe or in the Sahara or in tropical countries that we can adapt, we can learn from. So we need to learn from others to keep on moving forward and they need to learn from us. So at least we can teach others what we've already gone through because as you said, we simply, I think went through crises a lot earlier than many other countries. We yes. thrived with a growing population and needed to survive in a desert environment essentially and needed to find new sources of water and we did things that are pretty amazing, not just the, the waste management, the waste recycling, yeah. uh, the desalination, and just even the idea of the water carrier. The water carrier, which simply which trans transferred water, transported water of hundreds of kilometers from a source to other places, which many countries in Europe, for example, never had a need for because yeah. they had enough rivers. Inside, in, yeah. within the house, in-house. Yeah. yeah. So so anyway, so thank you very much. That That is... Well, at one point I wanted to start. By the way, I just want to, please, I want to tell you something about what we have to bring and what they have to, to bring us in other countries, what you yes. mentioned before. I think we just have to work together. I think we have, the main thing is to sit down and, and, and no country borders because we have one issue is we need water. It's not that Turkey have more and Israel have less or other country have a disaster now with, without water or too much water. The main solution is to sit and work together. We have to call, to call up groups from all the countries and sit down and make a joint venture of ideas and, and do it together. Okay, that, that's I think a, 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 we need a, a new leadership we, we don't, the leadership, maybe I go a bit aside from what our discussion, but 
the change needs to be done from us and from our leadership. You cannot only blame the leadership. We have to change in order to share what they have, their, what the other share. And if we uh, acknowledge that and we be able to do that day by day, I think many things will be solved faster and, uh, and accurate. That, that, that's my feeling. That, that's yeah, my material. I, I think. I think, I, I mean, the thing about water management, though, even though we can like on, on our own ventures, what you do with companies, for example, there's water technologies, et cetera, which on a corporate level could be innovated and, deli and delivered and developed. Obviously, on a country and a national layer, level, we need to have buy-in from uh, the politicians and the, and the leadership. For example, we've seen now how we've now started, uh, you know, exporting significant water to Jordan. Um, you know, we've been at peace with Jordan for a number of years, and they're a country that's extremely, um, you know, deprived of water. And because of our abilities to have, uh, you know, increased water, desalination, et cetera, we're actually exploiting water. And I think it's a fantastic model. I mean, it's not easy, and it's not um, something we should assume is like achievable you know, in an easy way. That's very good. It's amazing. It's amazing. Excellent example because actually we give them electricity also by having a PV, let's say in Beit She'an, there is a, a, the border between Jordan and Israel. It's, it's, a, it's an area that actually will do this take on premises over there. So that's a good example. Mm -hmm. so, so that's it. We, we talk about getting together and working together across countries. And um, I think what has, has to change in summary is this kind of feeling of win-win that especially a thing like water has historically been such a point of tension, mm -hmm. right? I get the water supplies, you lose. Um, and yeah. that has to change because at the end of the day, yeah. you know, your neighbor loses, you also lose, right? It's gonna affect you economically. There's gonna be migrants, there's gonna be wars, there's gonna be a lot of consequences. So I think we're in a similar mindset about that the need to achieve win-win by kind of water diplomacy and water policy. So yeah. I think we're on the way. We've got a good starting point. At least we started now um, and may it continue. That's the hope. I, I can give you an exa another example, which is very, very uh, close to us now. We're talking about smart cities. Smart cities actually needed to be managed differently. They need to be managed according to the needs and not given the need to manage us. In other words, we consume and we have to manage our consumptions in, in the way that we share what we don't need for now. So if you are looking at the, uh, this uh, new wave of uh, smart cities, smart grid and whatever, everything is uh, involved with sharing, sharing information, sharing uh, operation, uh, uh, peak shaving, uh, and more and more like, like that. So you actually don't need what you don't need, you, you are not really produced. Or if you produced it already, don't waste it, give it to mm. someone else. So the things is uh, making together the things, it, it's must because we progress in technology, but I think we are in a way, way back because of ego mind and political and uh, whatever. So uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna finish off this point because I've, I've been recently researching speaking about the idea of the circular economy. And the circular economy is exactly about that, the philosophy of it, of, of not ending the usage of something too early. 
because then you have to pull new resources. Yes. So you finish off with something, it can be still utilized or reused or adapted, and you do that, whether inside or whether outside. And the water tangents into that beautifully. We thought that when we used water and to flush down the toilet and flush down the bath, it was the end of the water. <clears throat> and we have learned through this whole process, it's actually not the end of the water. You can actually use the water for a lot more and you can regrow your fields, right? So yeah. a beautiful <laughs> example of how we can really feed the circular economy by thinking further, adapting further, and also sharing with neighbors and sharing with other countries, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we're, that's amazing. An amazing so I give, you, I give you another point, what I did in a very big company in the world. I reused the flow of water coming down from the from a chiller a, a, a unit that, that actually mounted on the roof and some other unit are on the basement. And I reuse the, the height different and actually make energy by heat draw energy. It, it was generation. I did it in an in a office building. I also did in another building a project that I installed a certain construction with air turbine above chillers and actually the air coming out from the chiller turn over the air turbine and we create energy. So there is many ways out of the box to do things. We just have to do it, to do it. And, and don't forget, we have to, to make sure that we have the energy balance on a logical way, not go out of the, of the box totally. So you have to be near economical always, near uh, innovation and near uh, uh, courage to do, okay? And, and of course, uh, money to do. So well, that, that's why we're speaking to you <laughs> as an example in the field of someone who's had to think many times out the box. Let me move on now to another thing. You see, we've spoken about, um, you know, energy production in a, few, in a few podcasts, but one of the things we've spoken less about is green uh, building. And green building is something which I have got a particular interest in. Um, what does your experience teach us about the present and future direction of green building um, so that it can make a substantial impact on our planet? Okay, uh, first, uh, to, be, to be level with you, I was one of the seven Michiganers, seven crazy people who actually start the green uh, in Israel, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the green company in Israel uh, in, uh, nine, in 2004. When we start that and we, we mentioned about the green energy or, or not green energy, green building, I was the only one who actually came from engineering and the other one are like trees huggers. Okay, good friend of mine, but they, 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 they're not from energy, they're not from engineering. Oh, there. Some of my best friends are tree huggers. Okay, very good. Today I'm three hackers too. I have no problem with that. Uh, but when uh, we got alone and we start making regulation like uh, 5281, uh, which is a very interesting uh, uh, step to, to make establish this in Israel, we got a dissonance. We got all, always the no, no, no. We got cold shoulders from from the from companies and from the government because no one, nobody really knew how to take it, how to deal with it. 
why it's no good, why what is giving me, I just waste more money, you know, why I don't need them. But along the year, uh, uh, people start to understand that actually dream building is helping you to help yourself. Actually, when you live in green buildings, you probably have some uh, basic things that maybe not uh, occur, not, not, uh, not placed in uh, other buildings that are not green, okay? Because the, main, uh, the name green means nothing. It's not a green paint and it's not nothing. It, it's a perspective on a few things and 60% about it, it's on energy pretty much. So I think the future uh, in Israel, if I start, it's, it's very clear that it become must. It's, it's a part of regulation. You cannot get today a, a premise. You, you cannot get okay to use the building without uh, doing certain steps in a green uh, building uh, arena. So uh, I think uh, the green building will go to, to some more objects that actually not taking care so good or so much now. One is indoor air quality, it's must taken care within the green building regulation. Two, it's, and it's very, very important and I was involved with some uh, things and I wrote some things about it. It's a, a energy, a, a configuration, the, en the energy number of the building. In other words, how, uh, what is the level of the building, not the level of the electrical product. When you are mentioned that I am efficient, you are always talking about refrigerator, air condition, or any kind of electrical motor. But efficient is also where you live, the box, the building, the door, the, 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 the windows, the, the way you put your, your waste, the way they take the waste. The way you, you breathe up a, a clean air. So everything will be involved with how to regulate your highest in the building as far as energy. And if we're talking about energy, I think one of the critical things that's gonna be in the future, today you actually get promised to use the building as a green building only when you finish the work and you get the certificate to use it. And that's it. Later on, it will be involved with the life cycle of the building. In other words, you will be checked every two years, every three years, every customer who wants to buy a, an apartment, wants to buy a house, he will want to know how is the quality of the air in the area, what is the energy uh, of, of uh, this building, how much is, uh, is it A, is it B, uh, do I have any kind of a, uh, hazardous that I don't know about it. And uh, the major thing is that uh, if you take a half price building, let's say 20 floor, the, the, the apartment in the waste side is not the same as the north side. So you have to check each one of them. So, like, for, so tomorrow what I see, when the builder gonna build the building or advertise his building, he will be uh, aware of where he will build it and what will be his inspection is a situation. In other words, it's not only to sell it and that's it. 
let, let them live for long life in, in a good quality area. So uh, the land, if it's not clean, will be taken care. Uh, let's say there is uh, many, many parts of this country and in other countries that there is, there is a land, but we have to check if the land is, uh, is not in a toxic or something happened to them over there. So we, we, we must deal with it, with the green building, but also with the life cycle of the building. So that's what I, what I think the green building will go. I'm sorry, I don't have a few words that I want to do in Hebrew, so I, I try to translate, but I'm okay. I hope. No, no, that, that's all good. Everything's great so far. <laughs> um, about that point, it's interesting, you know, um, what we see in Europe today is the energy shocks. So, for example, um, you know, when I think now about cutting our energy bill, is it worth putting in solar panels to cut the energy bill by this amount? And there's just all these kind of considerations, right? But when you see now what's happened with the energy crisis, suddenly in the UK, they're paying six to 10 times the, the price for energy. If they would have had green homes or green energy investments, it would suddenly be a radical shift of their, uh, of their available income, you know, in, in many places. And not to mention the energy independence that you're being scared that you won't be able to keep warm in the winter in cold climates. Those are critical factors. And um, for me personally, um, besides that element of energy management and savings and what you mentioned, these really important points about air quality, uh, et cetera. There's also the side always of green building, which I relate to is green building in the sense of beauty, of living in a nice environment, of making sure that there's, um, you know, there's green around and that there's maybe water around and that there's, there's features, there's trees, there's things that you can look into and not just live in a concrete jungle and enhanced kind of a standard of living by knowing that you've got some beauty around you and you've got nice views to look at rather than just concrete and glass shining in your eyes. So these are also aspects which, uh, which I think are important to focus on that green just doesn't mean only, uh, as you said, long-term cost savings, even though often in the short term you're paying more. Um, I, I love that point that you made about the uh, kind of real estate value, so to speak, that in the future it will be, um, we'll need to know much more, we'll need to have a careful accounting and audit of, of your level of uh, green building to know not only carbon consumption, which is going to be critical as well, but all these factors about uh, energy saving, et cetera, et cetera, because it will be a, a sale point, it will be a value point in terms of the value of that real estate. Yeah, but I, I have to mention, uh, well, we didn't go deep to that, but there is a conflict, a major conflict, basic conflict between the, the builder between the, 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 the one who actually paid to build the building, to build the project, to the government, to the need of us who are going to occupy the building and everything. You mentioned trees. You mentioned uh, how you can see a different way the green building to another building that is not green. Well, it's not so simple to do that because the one who wants to build, he wants to use the most of the of, of his area, the most of the, of the place. And the one who wants to use a green uh, idea, he needs to put more place to trees, more place to bicycles, more place to reuse water from air condition. So you need pumps, so you need the uh, tanks. And uh, you mentioned about the water fountain or not. So water fountain from air condition, it's fine, but water fountain is a green from the 
main water uh, source is, is, is wasting water. So there is a, a conflict that actually the, it needs to be a, a deal with the governmental in a way, in such way in laws. And the laws are um, not really uh, targeted and 100% and, and, uh, clear. So uh, sometimes you can see a green building and you don't understand what they did, why they did it. And uh, they waste so much money. And uh, from other hand, you can see uh, innovating uh, things in a, in a certain building and then you say, wow, wow, that's nice, but this building is not green. So uh, the, green, the green sign on the top of the building is, mean nothing, means a lot. You mentioned about uh, the pollution. So it depends very much, not when you build the building or it's very important how you use the building, how you use the operation, how you, how you regulate your, your innovating things. Many times I've seen when I go to inspection or I'm walking into a factory and everything, all the major little things that actually help to, to, to save or something most likely are not used for many years because people don't understand or don't want to get involved with them or it takes some more money to maintain them or whatever. So as I mentioned before, we have to change first. We have to think green. We have to put out on our head the, the real needs for us, the environment, uh, which we didn't talk. Let's say urbanic uh, city. When you are looking at the city, you are looking up and it's maybe natural that you look up, but please look down. See how much land you actually left. You don't leave a lot. You don't, we don't have a lot of land. Everything is concrete. So you need a lot of sewage and the sewage go up whenever you have a bit more water than the normal one. And we have seen disaster in Israel and all over the world. So we have to take care on, on both things and not only what is mine. We have to look from the top and uh, it's very hard probably, it's maybe utopic because uh, each project is a different money and each project, project has uh, one interest to make money. Uh, you understand what I mean. Professor, so I, I mean, and the point of conflict is very important. We're seeing it all along, it's short-term thinking versus long-term thinking. Um, and as you said, the trade-offs everywhere. There's no uh, free lunches. Yes. So when you, uh, you know, build a high rise instead of building low rises or, or low buildings, we know that we can uh, maybe save more land on the bottom, but we're adding more pressure on the top. There, there's various conflicts. Um, but the thing that I'm asking at the moment, right, in terms of that, that, that point of conflict is that, um, you know, what, um, what is the society, right? What calls have we got as individuals versus government in those decision makings? Like, are you encouraging government? to or, or do we need to encourage our government to be much more long-term okay as opposed to short-term and how do we do that so i think what the world did with the statement the united nations-led statement of kind of 2050 carbon zero right it's something which is like it just gave us a dream it gave us like a mars landing to aim towards that's this big goal who knows really how we're going to get there if we're going to get there or how well we're going to get there but it's important that it gave us some kind of point of 
uh, of, of thoughts, of planning. And I think we all need to do that. So that's why, I mean, for example, the Glasgow conference, it drilled into our consciousness that we've got to all start thinking long-term. I know in Israel in particular, um, I didn't actually grow up here. I, I came to live in Israel at age uh, 22. Um, but I always had this kind of feeling of we're living very short term over here because of the, the tensions and the dangers and the higher level short term pro pro problems and conflicts that we have. Um, and yet I do think that things have changed a lot in the time in the last few decades. And this green movement, this kind of energy that's being put in the media and elsewhere to think long term, to plan long term. And as the example goes in the green building, not to think of the cheapest way of putting someone into, an, into, into a home. Um, which we had to do for many years in Israel, but how to build homes for, long, for the long term that will keep them being good for the world in the long term, which could be sustainable, which will, um, you know, which will do positive things for the environment and the planet in the long term, even though they may cost more in the short term. It's a hard, it's a hard conflict because not everyone's got the extra money to spend, but that equation of, um, of as you said, I think in your earlier statements, it's better for us to think this way, not not just better for the environment and for the tree huggers, it's better for us here and now. And I think the changing world we've seen around us and the, the, the kind of earlier than expected climate crisis exactly. is helping to drive that message home. Yeah, I tell you, I, very, very important what you said now. Uh, when, when you are looking at the long or short term, the major thing in Israel is that the management, the higher management are not, having a long-term position. They change maybe two years, three years, or something like that. So think about it. If you are a CEO and you want to invest $600,000 compared to $1,200,000 for something that maybe your next one will see the, the food, you will think about it. You will think about it as your... Uh, venture to the, the to the next period of time that they will look and how much what you're doing in the next quarter and uh, how you did it so many many uh, decisions makers are uh, going uh, through the near future uh, what they will see now how they will react how they will explain what is now happening in my shift what is in the next shift Okay, it's fine, it's excellent. And here you need the government. The government needs to get some kind of uh, help. And I was uh, involved with the writing down the energy uh, uh, 50, uh, uh, 2050. I was a part of a, a big group. Also, I was a mechanical engineer, the only one, the rest of them was uh, from, from another occupation, especially for money. And the one big word in Israel, and it's very important, it's almost by near crisis, is the safety, the, the bitachon, uh, army, security. So uh, when you say security, or when you say, uh, well, it's no, uh, you know, we have uh, the army think, uh, have to decide about it, boom, you have a barrier. So we are not a normal country in a way. We are abnormal for the good way, but it also back us up, as you mentioned, in the short time. So when you are, a, let's say, a, a big officer in the army, you want that 
your job now in the in the year ahead will be fine. So you will show you started from here and you grow up to here. So you cannot really invest too much for the four to five years ahead, which will be probably two people's uh, changed already. So yeah. the paradox is, is building and uh, many times, many decisions need to be uh, not forced by the government and need to be, the government must uh, uh, take care of the business situation. It must take care, uh, by the way, what I found, but this is my personal idea. When you have, a, let's say an old refrigerator or old air condition, and it's about 10 years old, probably you're not efficient, okay? Why, you, why now you waste money to change it if you know that you will return the investment of what you are doing, let's say even the PV in six, seven years, okay? Or on a refrigerator, I don't know, four years, three years, five years, whatever. You must have some kind of in, uh, incentive that help you and, and give you either you must do it because like, for example, on chillers, they said, if your COP on chillers is less than this and this, you must change it by one year in a head. So the government give you the, the you know, hit you, but she give you also a, a option to uh, get some kind of loan or some kind of grant. So when you do that and you make it as a policy and you actually make it as a strategic plan, a path, of strategic plan, and it will go down from the top decision maker in the big factories that waste a lot of money and everything is by a million and a trillions, up to us, to our home, up to our little little home, little uh, giant uh, piece of uh, four walls, okay? Only then, when we have the same interest and we be able to do it and there is no uh, poor people or rich people over, over that. If you need it, you just come and you get it. And they made some kind of a situation before refrigerator, for example. They said, whoever don't have money will be too achlumi. Uh, come over and you have X uh, months, change your, your refrigerator. We give you uh, 80 or whatever percent of about it. I don't remember the percentage. What's happened after that, that the people who have no money most likely didn't change the refrigerator. The people who have money, they know, they understand, they come over, they bring the paper and, and that's it. And that's our situation. <laughs> no corroboration. Okay, so I, I hear the challenges and that's what we need to get right. We need to kind of put the numbers out there, I think. We need to make it clear to the people, the consumers, the end level consumers, what the what the costs are for maintaining old equipment, what the advantages for new equipment. And we've got to also, the challenge of the industry is yeah. to bring good enough products, uh, cost efficient and energy efficient products that can actually make it obvious to do these changes. So we've got the challenges. Now, I know that we can keep on keeping so, talking for a long time and there's yeah. lots of other questions, but I have to start coming to a close. I promised you we're not going to be too long. So just wanted to- No, you're doing it because you hear the noise that I'm here with. Yes, too. <laughs> but besides that, uh, I just want to know your uh, opinion. Do you think that we, the big we, can actually reach net zero by 2015, both locally and globally? And if so, how? Okay, I, I, I'm not, 
I'm not a pessimist. I'm optimistic and I'm always was and hopefully will be like that. But I don't see how if we're not going to change something within us. Okay. I actually designed a building now in Tel Aviv. It's a, it's a project called Sifurux. It's the one who had a self-sell, the old one. And they're going to renovate the, the building and I design over there and almost zero building energy. Zero building energy is pretty much close to co-generation. Uh, we have over there a 2.2 mega a generator, Rolls-Royce generator. It will be, of course, if we will have a natural gas in the area. And uh, we can make from the heat, uh, we can make about 440 uh, tons of refrigeration out of 600 needed to the building. In other words, we're almost zero building energy, but the use of electric cars that actually we don't have a solution now yet to that. We don't know yet how to uh, take the electrical and, and keep it in a way so we can reuse it. And we cannot really do now things that utopic whoever decide that we need to be there help actually to to be there when we're gonna reach the 250 so unfortunately i don't think we will reach that but as more that we will go over things that we can change and improve i think it's not up like sky we can we can reach that in a way, but I would not put 250. I would say, let's start doing it actually. Let's start changing now so we can reach, uh, hopefully maybe before, I don't know. But in order to reach that, we have, must have big changes in our operation and in the way we have the electromechanical uh, equipment in the building, the controls, uh, to deal with the temperature outside, just to let you understand what I mean about the temperature. If you will stop the air conditions in Tel Aviv in the mid noon, okay, and change and check the temperature, the ambient temperature, you will find tremendous difference between one and a half to 2.2 uh, degrees Celsius when you open up the air condition and you operate. So everything is uh, involved with everything. So we have so much things that we have, we have to start from something. And it's not because somebody told us because can you hear me Ofer? in that we know okay. the nature. Okay, so that cut out a little bit, but I think we're gonna have to move towards the last question anyway. Um, Ofer, if I had to give you a magic wand and say to you, take a stroke of the wand to make some major change in our world, the way we relate to our environment and our world, what would, this, what would that one wish be that you could do? Start using the public cars, public operation, stop using uh, the water without thinking about your neighbor. Uh, start co cooperating with each other. Let's say the first thing what I would be happy if it will be happen 
uh, is make a really uh, join uh, groups for many countries. So I, I would be happy to, to be with the guy that did in uh, Taiwan a certain innovation out of the box and maybe I can help Africa do this in a different way so we can actually join it together. Uh, what we have to do, we, we need a new ways. <laughs> we need a, a social ways if you, if you ask me. And energy, and because it's my occupation, so I, I feel that energy is a, a really a, a group can, can really make a good beginning in the change. Thank you. It reminds me, I don't know if you saw the movie Monsters, Inc. And in Monsters, Inc., uh, the monsters used to uh, make kids cry and use their energy to power their big factory. And then they eventually realized at the end of the movie they can use kids' laughter, and that makes much more energy than the crying. So it reminds me of that. You know, we should kind of use our, our interactions with neighbors and with competitors, and instead of using the conflict of, of win-lose to drive exactly. the energy to incentivize us, if we could use those win-wins as energies of cooperation, maybe it could push the level up much further, and that could be the, the change we need to provide, uh, to get to carbon uh, zero and to do it much faster, much better. Listen, we need to end the session. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, um, you and much. sharing ideas and you getting your much. thoughts and getting your, your comments and your, and your feedback. So much appreciated. According, just one, one sentence, according to what you mentioned in the end, listen, when you have an electric car, you're not really leaving the waste out, you're actually changing the, the route of it. You need electrical to put it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything is inside. And it's then, not a panacea. It's not, a, it's not going to solve all our problems, that's for sure. Exactly. So, offer all the best. Wishing you good luck with everything you're doing and all the projects that you're working on. We will continue to be in touch and uh, wishing you and all of us all the best and thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Green Focus. We hope you were inspired by the episode. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts in order to stay updated when future episodes are released.